0: I'm sure that many of you are sensing the relatively big transition that's happening with people coming and people leaving. And interestingly, In a way, the bottom line is that it, it feels like this now. And can it be okay that it feels, appears like this now? I bring that up because It's really up to each of us to embody and bring alive the support of the three refuges in our lives. It's not something meant to be abstract. And whether you use the traditional formulation of Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, or whether you have your own English translation, new formation of the refuge, of what's a refuge for you, This is a profoundly human thing to seek, to uncover, to intuit what is truly trustworthy. And of course, almost by definition, that means, it must mean that it's here and now. Otherwise, what use would it be? So what is here and now that is a refuge for us actually in the sense that we can sense the support, the guidance, the protection, Trustworthiness, what is it that's here and now that we're learning to trust more and more? Onward leading. in the legends of uh, Milarepa, one of the patron saints of Tibetan Buddhism. When his practice was going well, these enlightened qualities of his heart, the Dakinis would dance and chant to him like the intuition of his own heart, singing to him, And the words of the song they sang, these wisdom qualities, on the steep slope of fear and hope, the demons lie awaiting. And I remember reading that way back at the beginning of my practice. And really that teaching has stuck with me on the steep slope of fear and hope, the demons lie awaiting. And I find for myself that whenever I have this inclination to reflect on what's truly a refuge, that little teaching is sort of a preventative, not going to fear, not going to hope. It means whatever it is that's here and now is more simple, less dramatic than anything with the flavor of fear and hope. So I'll use the traditional formulation of the refuge just to support us all in reflecting on what might be available here and now. So Buddha, a natural capacity to be awake, that's something that you or i have to do we don't turn on this wakefulness we don't can't even shut it off so just sensing this capacity to be awake is already here And of course, as Thich Han once wrote, our only real enemy is forgetfulness. So it is true we can forget this subtle quality of wakefulness like a bright mirror that effortlessly reflects how it is. So it is easy to forget, but the heart can be trained to remember and to appreciate. And it's really appropriate, especially for some personality types to feel a strong devotion. This capacity to see clearly, to be wide open, and to sense this essential aspect of awareness, that it isn't stained or harmed by what's being known. It has a natural immunity and balance, unshakable, Of course, there's all kinds of seemingly personal ways we become reactive or full of doubt. But when we check, wisdom sees that it isn't the awareness that's full of doubt or reactive. So sensing Buddha here and now, this essential, natural refuge of wakefulness, openness, and the only enemy being this tendency to forget it. Naturally, the conditioned mind dismisses it because it's subtle. And we have the refuge of dhamma, the reality of embodiment here and now, these deep and wide rivers of mental activity and bodily activity, sights and sounds, smells and tastes, all the touches, all the movement of thought and perception and feeling tone. Just the aliveness the interdependent aliveness, the exposure to what's in motion. And in our practice, we understand this as a refuge and in a way, our teacher, our beloved teacher, not a problem that you or I have to solve, the messiness of the moment, the messiness of the world, all the very real imperfections in this conditional movement of bodily mental activities. It's not about being perfect or the way we want it to be. It's about realizing what understanding, what way of being, way of relating can be, can really meet Dhamma, be intimate with this moment and all that's in motion? So, our refuge, and this makes perfect sense to me, just the integrity of the Buddhist teachings. Our refuge is actually the same as our practice. Buddha, being intimate with Dhamma, is both our refuge and our practice. Ends and means in a beautiful alignment Buddha being intimate, being open, without fear, willing to be right in the middle of all these movements of bodily and mental activity, reactivity, sublime states, reactive states, And this makes our practice so trustworthy, because it isn't about transcending anything besides ignorance. We don't need a different world, different moment. And then to contemplate Sangha, the third refuge, It's really the fruit of Buddha being intimate with Dhamma because it allows for a more natural responsivity, like how we show up, how we respond, what we do, what we don't do, what we say or not say. It's just a very lawful, beautiful unfolding of being intimate, Buddha being intimate with Dhamma. So it's not a plan how to be a good person. It's a way of trusting that the response, the appropriate response arises lawfully, naturally from being open and intimate and allowing everything to be. How we can, those of you who are staying, how we can navigate our time for moments at least at the forced refuge and at really nimble, graceful and uncontrived way. We're not trying to live with moral integrity or trying to be not stingy or trying to be mindful. We're learning, we're understanding how that can be the natural even effortless fruit of being intimate with conditions. And instead of thinking of sangha, this way of being, way relating to conditions as some kind of perfection, it might be more helpful to have a more earthy broken-hearted, tender way of imagining sangha. A sense that the response really comes out of the totality of the moment. As one of my teachers said once, we're giving back to nature what is nature's. So instead of any ownership of needing to be loving or skillful, really trust the refuges of Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha, which are here and now the Buddha said soon after his awakening, wide open are the doors to the deathless for those with ears that hear, eyes that see. So let's continue now in silence.